Good morning, coffee time. I'm about to read the most published scientific journal essay of our generation, of our time. Published August 30th, 2005. Uh, it's got 2,898,438 views. Uh, 10,484 shares, 68,436 saves, and 3,411 citations. Um, Why is this the most sought-out article of all time? Uh, Well, it's titled, Why Most Published Research Findings Are False. I think scientists are like, hey, why is this dude talking shit? This is... John P.A. Loanides. That's that name that I had an issue pronouncing uh, two episodes ago let's take a bet how many times can I say how many times can I get tripped up and say oh I can't read <laughs> during this episode this one dude the, so the printing the print is small um, and it's a little bit lengthy so I'm going to try to get through this and I got to be straight with you I'm going to end up bypassing a bit of it because some of it I don't understand um, so I will read what I can <laughs> and I will post the link in the article so you can read what you can. Um, so I'm your host for this episode, Drew. Uh, I will not. I'm actually not going to host every episode. I'm only like I'm. I'm sort of in the back pulling the strings here. I'm. I'm not really the face of this thing. Bj, Bj is the face of this thing. He's going to be out very soon, doing what he does. Um, mostly right now, we're just in preparation, getting him ready to host this thing because it's going to take a lot of uh, personality, a whole lot of candor, charisma. And I think BJ's the one to pull that off, not me. I don't, I don't, I don't have that, man. I've got, like, I've got the personality of, like, like that, please leave a message after the tone guy. Like, that's, that's who I am. Like, uh, that's not host material. I'm just, I'm here on the podcast talking smack because that's where I can just do my work. So BJ, he's the face of this thing. You guys will be hearing more from him as time develops. Right now, we're just in such early stages that right, it's just me doing this. Um, so it's pretty sweet. This article posted, Why Most Published Research Findings Are False, August 30th, 2005. All right, this is a 15-year-old article, and it's still leading the, uh, in the science community. You know what I'm saying? This is Thriller. All right, so summary, uh, there's an increasing concern that most current published research findings are false. The probability that a research claim is true may depend on study power and bias. The number of other studies on the same question and, importantly, the ratio of true to no relationships among the relationships probed in each scientific field. In this framework... A research finding is less likely to be true when the studies conducted in a field are smaller. When effect sizes are smaller, when there is greater number and lesser preselection, okay, of tested relationships, don't know that word, where there is a greater flexibility in designs, definitions, outcomes, and analytical modes. When there is greater financial and other interests and prejudice, when more teams are involved in a scientific field and chase statistical significance. Okay, so listen, guys, 
settings is more likely to research claims of a false than true. Moreover, many current scientific fields claimed research findings may often be simply accurate measures of prevailing bias. Well, no shit. In this essay, I discuss the implications of these problems uh, for the conduct and interpretations of research. Now, listen, I'm not a science guy, but you think I'm a moron to think that you guys don't tailor your fucking findings to what you want them to be? Not a moron. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I bet I am. Don't talk bad about yourself. Wait, what is that? I just read something this morning from Sean Rooker. Don't speak bad of yourself, for the warrior within hears your words and is lessened by them. Old Japanese samurai proverb. Modeling the framework for false positive findings. Several methodologists have pointed out 9-11, that the high rate of non-replication, lack of confirmation of research discoveries is a consequence of the convenient yet ill-founded strategy of claiming conclusive research findings solely on the biases of a single study assessed by formal, formal statistical significance. This is uh, typically a p-value less than point. Oh five. So like, so like, is it basically like researchers don't want to take, don't want to dedicate themselves to like 30, 40 years of study on one, one, one absolute thing. So they'll just like find some shred of evidence to support a theory and be like, oh shit, I found it. It's true. Now let's move on to the next thing. Like, is that what that is? Cause I get that. I fucking get that hard. So like, if that's the case, man, maybe science is my thing. Research is not most appropriately represented and summarized by p-values. But, unfortunately, there is a widespread nation that, notion that medical research articles should be interpreted based on p-values. Uh, research findings are defined here as any relationship uh, reaching formal statistical significance, e.g. effective interventions, informal predictions, risk factors, or associations. Negative research is also very useful. Uh, Negative is actually a misnomer, and the misinterpretation is widespread. However, uh, here we will target relationships that investigate claim exist rather than null findings. It can be proven that most claim research findings are false. Um, As has been shown previously, the probability that a research finding is indeed true depends on the prior probability of it being true. Uh, before doing the study, the statistical little bab. Hey, that's a big word. That, that's a big word that I've said a million times. The statistical power of the study, and the level of statist- statistical significance. <coughs> consider that two times two table, in which research findings are compared against the gold standard of true relationships in the scientific field. In a research field, both true and false hypotheses can be made about the presence of relationships. Let R be the ratio of the number of true relationships to no relationships among those tested in the field. R is characteristics of the field that can uh, vary a lot of the, uh, vary a lot depending on whether the field targets are high, li- highly likely relationships or researches for only one or few true relationships among thousands and millions of hypotheses that may be postulated. Let Let's all, let us also consider um, 
for computational simplicity circumscribed fields whereas either there is only one true relationship among many can be hypothesized or the power is similar to find any of the several existing relationships the pre-study probability of a relationship being true is r well so you have the algorithm is written out in this ri and then in parentheses you have r plus one so r plus one and probability on the outside probability study when you handle all the work inside the parentheses first right so so there's literally there's literally a formula to determining whether your fucking findings are true or false the probability of a study finding true relationship affects the power of 1b um, 1 minus the type 2 error rate the probability of claiming a relationship when none truly exists reflects the type 1 error rate a assuming c relationships are being probed in the field the expected value of the 2 times 2 table are given in table 1. After the research findings have been claimed based on achieved formal statistical significance, fuck me, the post-study probability that it is true is the positive perceived value that PPV, the positive perceived value, or PPV, is also the complementary probability of what watch holder etal have called false positive report probability according to the two times two table one gets ppv equals in parentheses one minus b outside ri r minus br plus a researchers find thus more likely to be true than false so when you're using this algorithm to Basically, debunk your search is when you're going to find out whether your shit's true or false. Guess what, though? Not a single person that listens to this podcast can do that. So guess where we're going with this article? Right to the link in the bio. All right, so listen. Here's what I need you to understand, people that are listening to this. If whatever article that you are reading, that you are swearing by and getting into that Facebook argument about... You better make sure that they have completed this algorithm before you open your big goddamn trap or you don't know shit. <laughs> Let's be real, dude. I don't understand this thing. I'm glad people do, but I don't get it. Um, I can go ahead and reach, go ahead and continue to read farther because they do cover biases. Um, and then corollary one, uh, corollary one, corollary through two, three, four all the way to corollary six, which I'm sure you guys don't want to hear a lick about. Let's read the biases real fast and then we'll call it good. First, let us define biases as a combination of various design, data analysis and presentation factors that tend to produce research findings when they should not be produced. Let U, as in the letter U, be the proportion of the probed analysis uh, that would not have been research findings but nevertheless end up presenting uh, and reported as such. So basically, you're false findings, dude. You see that shit all the time in literally everything. It's called fraud. Bias should not be confused with chance variability that causes some findings to be false by chance, even though the study, design, data analysis, and presentation are perfect. Fucking Jesus, have I been there before. Bias can entail a manipulation in the analysis or reporting of findings. 
Uh, selective or distorted reporting is a typical form such as bias. No shit. You see it in fucking everything. We may assume that you, the letter U, does not depend on whether true relationships exist or not. This is not an unreasonable assumption since typically it's impossible to know which relationships are indeed true in the Let's see, in the presence of bias, table two. Sorry, I'm hitting an algorithm. I'm trying to read it out before I read it out loud. Um, in the presence of bias, table two, uh, one gets PPV. And that's... Oh, shit. I'm not reading this, I'm not reading this algorithm. PPV uh, decreased when using a U and less blah, 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 form of situation, thus increasing biases, the chances... That research finding is true diminished considerably. So listen, if you're using this weird Russian algorithm that's part Cyrillic and not this weird Russian algorithm, that now they've introduced fucking less than and greater than. I, I don't know what to do anymore now, guys. My math abilities are far fucking exceeded here. Um, so let, let's, talk about, let's talk about this for a minute. Whatever you're reading, wherever it comes from, find multiple sources. Don't find one source for something and think that's the hand of God, the word of God. Find multiple sources for things. Make sure that the evidence is conclusive. Make sure that the findings all support each other. And then go ahead and spout off your bullshit opinion. But. Maybe. Just maybe as a person. Instead of putting all that effort in to prove people wrong. Right? You took that same mental effort that you take to argue with people every day because it takes a fucking lot. But you took it toward putting your research findings in a place that would actually help fucking somebody. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it be crazy? Fucking nuts if we lived in a world like that. But no. We live in a place where we... Okay, so you know when you're weaning from cigarettes, from alcohol, from anything, they say, likely, you know, hey, don't go cold turkey. Try to wean a little bit. Well, what if you did that with your social media? If you're trying to quit smoking, your doctor's going to ask you, when do you wake up? Good. When do you have your first cigarette? Eventually, you're going to have to do the same thing with your fucking social media and your cell phone. When do you wake up? When is the first time you open up your social media? Because, I mean, let's be real. If your alarm woke you up, you have to, turn, you have to address your phone to turn off the alarm. Other than that, after you woke up, what time is the first time you opened your social media? That's a self-induced anxiety attack, ladies and gentlemen. You've given it to yourself. You're in control of your timeline. You're in control of the people that you follow. Yet you get on social media and get worked up and pissed off about things. 
And then that fucking shit carries with you. Your blood pressure's up. Your health is now going, going to fucking go down because your energy is fighting off other shit. You morons. Myself included, because I'm a fucking moron when I do this. I've done this too. But also, that's why I unfollow a lot of people. And it's no disrespect. I agree. I believe that you all have your own personalities and that we're connected on social media for a reason. But if I don't follow you, it's because you have a narrative that brings me down. I could unfriend you, but it's easier just to unfollow and no offense, kind of forget you're there until you pop up and say, hey, dude, what's up? And I'd be like, oh, shit, this guy, this lady, whatever. Control your own fucking narrative and your own emotions. Control what you see. If you have people on your social media that piss you off constantly, why are you following them? You're doing it to yourself. You're trapped in your own stupid cycles and they have control over you. Anyways, all that from why most published research findings are false. Because people go to those research findings to prove each other wrong constantly when they're putting their energy in the wrong goddamn places though they think they're doing the right shit. You're not changing people's opinions. But what you can do is help them feel better. Maybe be a better example. Lead by example. Live by example. I struggle with it. I fucking struggle every day, man. You hear my negative self-talk? That's one of my big things that I have to get over is my negative self. That's one of my biggest humps I need to get over personally is my negative self-talk. I, I, you know what? My, my wife and I, we got into this uh, about this yesterday. Um, we were talking. And, and the way that I perceive things often is that is, is brow beating, like, you know, like a hand in my brow, because that's how I grew up. I very much grew up with a hand in my face. From the time I was a young child, you know, I was rambunctious and crazy, so there's always people telling me to shut up, stop, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, that's a normal child stuff. It carried through school, you know, where I was rambunctious and crazy, so, like, I was always constantly yelled at and, and this and that, which, fuck, I get it. I get that, but now it's created a sensitivity inside of me where I constantly think that any judgment... It's me fucking getting yelled at. And instead of allowing people to any opportunity to talk to me and do that, I just go on, judge myself immediately now. And then anything anybody says on top of it is just reinforcement to my own negativity. And that's a negative cycle. So that's got to stop. And that's something I'm personally working on. We all have our vulnerabilities and we all have those things inside of us as to who we are and those sensitivities as to why we are the way we are. Like, it is the fucking way it is. That's, that's why we're a highly anxious people. So, I don't know. If you get anything out of this, maybe it's just you need to do more research to confirm the research you've already done. And if you're going to do all that research, why go to the lengths of doing it to prove someone wrong when you could actually go through those lengths of research to fucking help somebody out? Well, that's it uh, for our Rough and Tumble podcast for this episode. Um, I'm your host, Drew. Uh, if you go to our website, www.warriorworkoutnetwork.org, um, you'll see that we have our annual, our, our bi-weekly coffee meetup is tomorrow morning. Uh, this morning, I've got a meeting with the Shenandoah Valley Veterans Association. I believe that's who this is. With um, Dude, and it's a group of people with some great ideas to come through the valley and help out our vets. So here is what we will do. 
Uh, we're going to go meet with them this morning, let them know about our coffee meetup tomorrow, let them know about our mission here in the Valley and our national mission. Um, if you are in the Shenandoah Valley, again, we are looking for a veteran that's trying to get over that, that physical and mental hump that we can go through and help out. We are in search right now. If you go there, you're going to see the only hot sauce made by bears at our website, warriorworkoutnetwork.org. You're going to see oh-so-delicious hot sauce. One dollar from every family goes to militaryfamilies.org. I cannot thank Jordan enough for creating that, uh, that product. I'm going to tell you, dude, I, I, my wife puts it on um, most of her food, and I put it on a lot of stuff. That, it's a good hot sauce. The... Uh, was that the, the Serrano Habanero? The green, oh, man, that one's my favorite. So uh, what else? There we got the coffee. We've got Traveling Art Club. If you're in the Shenandoah Valley, come on out to check out the Traveling Art Club, see what they've got going on. It's really cool youth programs for kids. It doesn't cost you a thing. These programs are being taken out of school uh, due to funding issues, so you can find them here. It's a solution to a problem that we're having nationally. Traveling Art Club, you'll find that on our website. Asbestos.com, you'll find that as well because there are groups out there that are helping veterans uh, with mesothelioma. So uh, go to our mission page and you'll find asbestos.com. Man, as this pilot gets closer and closer, man, it just becomes more and more real. Um, it's, been, it's been really cool to have so many people behind this project. Um, and if I can be fair and honest about it, it's, it's been probably one of the more um, high-pressure projects that I've been on. But not a single person on this, on this team has let that, any bit of that pressure get to them because they know the outcome of this mission. It's fucking nuts. Uh, there's a level of power and a level of strength that we've gained already. And we've put out not one downloadable video yet. Just by preparing to get this thing ready, we've already strengthened ourselves. My brothers and sisters and I, we talk every day. I talk with them every day now. That's something I haven't done in years. We plan every day how we're going to help other people. We plan every day when we're going to meet up again, when that next time we're all going to be in the same places again, because we're family, because we had that esprit de corps, we had that ingrained in us. I will tell you, like, there was nothing. I, I, I guarantee you there was no unit on the planet. Like, 161 Cav in 2005, 2006, there was not a single unit on the planet that could have touched us. Now, I don't mean to just be speaking of the glory days, but what I'm letting you know is that that, that unity, that community has not escaped us. It hasn't left. We're still active in those groups every single fucking day. The 161 groups, my group, all the Bravo, one of the Bravo groups, I don't really see much out of them. It's mostly the 161. It's the entire unit. It's the family. It's, it's incredible. So, 
Um, this is uh, this is where we all come from. This is where this product comes from. It comes from the greatest group of women and men on the planet. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm Drew. Pretty soon you'll be hearing BJ's beautiful voice. Uh, of course, more twang in it. More twang. BJ comes from Texas. And I always tell my friends, I'm sorry that I'm a loud asshole. Just if you looked at any of my friends list, most of my friends are from Texas. So I apologize. I love you guys. Uh, we're still working on our sign off. I've got stickers to give away. Uh, We've got our shirts up and coming, which are fucking sharp, and I cannot wait to get those out. Um, Yeah, man, lots of cool stuff. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, We'll be back in a day or two. Thanks.